Hi friends, my name is Pastor Alan, and you are listening to the CGC Podcast, where your pastors get together and explore different topics to help us think through and to live out our Christian lives. If you are interested in our podcast, you should visit our website at cgcpodcast.com and subscribe to be one of the first to know when a fresh new podcast has come out. In our fifth episode of Season 2, Pastor Kevin and I, Pastor Alan, give a brief update on the church, about the discussions happening behind the scenes, plans for meeting in person, and some thoughts about the past sermon series. All right, uh, Pastor Kevin, thank you so much for joining us again for another episode of the podcast. Just wanted to know how you were doing through the quarantine. Well, good morning. Um, at least this week, I'm doing very well. You know, sometimes things go up and down. I'm sure it's like everyone else. You have uh, great days, uh, you have great weeks, but then all of a sudden, um, I don't know, sometimes it's the weather, sometimes it's just, you know, your, your mind has been built up, you can't get out, you can't do things for a while, and then you get a little down or a little sad, um, not being able to go to church. And then the Lord just kind of brings you around. But uh, right now I'm, I'm doing very well. I've been exercising a lot and getting out and just meditating on God's word. Yeah, so I think that uh, for us, we've been similarly the same. Like I think a lot of it's been trying to get out a little bit. There's a lot of parks in our area, so we've been taking constant to see that and hang out there. I think that it's been a little bit wearing not being able to see people, and especially my grandparents. Like I feel like I just would like to see my own grandparents a little bit more uh, just because we have Constance has been born, but they haven't seen my daughter. I guess it's like really been the longing in my heart because, you know, I guess for my grandparents, I don't know what kind of time they have left. But before that time, I'd like them to spend as much time as possible with their granddaughter. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. Yeah, so today we're just doing an update on the church uh, just to let people know what's been happening. So people are in the loop about the conversations that are going on and that people can understand where the church is coming from when these different things are coming down the pipeline. So I think some people would like to know about the discussions that we're having in the background. Uh, Pastor Kevin, could you share a little bit about what the leaders have been talking about during this time? Well, we've actually been talking about a lot of things. We've been uh, finishing off a philosophy of ministry as to how do we desire our ministries and the church to develop long-term? What are the guidelines biblically? We've been talking about what it means to be missional. We've been looking at one of Keller's books and uh, applying it not just in the English, uh, but through all of the congregations in terms of having a missional mindset uh, and how do we move ministries and people in that direction. We've been doing a, a lot of discipleship in terms of personal mentoring. I know you've done uh, quite a bit. You've got several people and I've got several people. There's been a lot of intentional reaching out and working with people on that level. And uh, just a lot of other basic things that go on behind the church. But I guess those are the big three. This, this pandemic has given us a time to say, what do we want to be as we come out? Where do we want to go? How do we want to do things which, you know, this, this has been different? This is a, a fresh start for us as a church, and uh, we want to make the best opportunity of it. So that's the, those are the things we're talking about. Yeah, I think that many people might think that our vision statement that we have on our bulletin has just been kind of, we created it, and they may think that nothing has been happening. But uh, I just, I think it should be important that we assure you that this conversation about what is our goal about being a missional community is actually at the top of the list of things that we actually have been talking about. And though it's slow, and I, I mean, the reason why we're trying to, why it hasn't been rolled out quickly is because we want to be thoughtful about it. We want to make sure that we're in line with the scripture 
And on top of that, I think that we're each moving at our own pace, trying to figure out what this exactly looks like from our own church context. I, I guess I've just been amazed about how much of our conversation at different leadership level and even at the lay level has been about, you know, what does it really mean to be a missional people of God in the context of Chinese gospel church? Uh, and I think that I find, I've been finding that very um, uplifting, personally speaking. And the fact that we're thinking about our community has been something that has been really awesome. Yeah, we sometimes think that these things will develop quickly or have existed all the time. But the reality is, uh, you know, what does it mean to be missional? Each congregation is going to understand that in a slightly different way. So even as English congregation downtown, you have the PCT, which are a group of five leaders, and we have slightly different perceptions or understandings. So as we come together, we need time to solidify one understanding that we all agree to. It's kind of the, the work of the Holy Spirit upon all of us saying, this is what we believe God is calling us to. And the same thing with the ECB, the English Congregational Board, is we're working with a group of seven to eight, ten people. And we want us to come to a consensus as to what is God desiring of us and how are we going to do it? So it's not coming down from a top-down process, but that does mean it takes more time as we sit at the table and hash things out and come to that understanding. So another thing I was just thinking a second ago is that we've been doing a lot of talk about discipleship and massaging that into other things, but very specifically in the last month, we've been talking a lot more pointedly about women's discipleship and how we're going to see that developed. Yeah, there's all these conversations about what we're going to be like. Even even in our small conversations, we've been talking about how can we go have coffee out in the the neighborhood and you know really learn more about our neighborhood. So there's there's, there's kind of been like this top down thinking about you know even in the small ways in which we can engage our neighborhood. How do we do that? Uh, and I've been finding that very helpful. But even in our discussions, I find that we're very different in how we engage, we think about engaging our culture. Uh, we're kind of all over the place. I think the one thing we know that we're not is we're not really about trying to be fully like the culture around us. Um, and there is an aspect of that where it can be good. But I think that that's probably the area where we are probably like not as big on. And that could mean that we don't take on the same inclinations as the rest of our culture. We don't have the we don't have the same kind of needing to be relevant. But in the other categories of what it means to be a missional community or just to be a community in general, how we think about how to engage our culture, uh, I find that we're actually really different on this topic uh, across the board. Uh, I think part of that is to do with our backgrounds, uh, our faith backgrounds, where we've grown up in a church, what we've kind of received as teaching, even unofficially or unintentionally, you know, as pastors, as teachers, we come from specific theological trends. And sometimes those trends may not be specifically taught, but the outworkings of those are there. So there's some very different things about how we engage the world around us. Mm -hmm. And that's why Keller's book has been very good in yeah. terms of saying, here are the four different uh, evangelical understandings of end times of the kingdom of God and in how we're to do things. And I think as a whole, we all generally come from the same uh, direction. None of us are so far over the, the, the board. It's a shotgun effect. We are more closer together, but we do have different perceptions, and that's largely because of our experience and our training.
Right, right. Yeah, so those are some of the discussions that we've been talking about in the church context. Um, so I know that we've all, we're have all excited about all the things that are happening in our church, uh, but is there one particular thing that you find extra exciting that we've been talking about, Pastor Kevin? And then maybe I'll share my own view about that topic as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I can solidify one thing right off the top of my head. There is one thing we're not really able to share about it at the moment, but it's something that the ECB is considering. And uh, should we be able to move ahead with that? I think this would be a wonderful opportunity for the church to be able to connect, uh, especially as we come out of the pandemic. And I think it could be a real game changer for some of our families to see uh, this as a ministry. Gotcha. Um, I think for myself, I think that the question of the women's ministry in terms of the women teaching in CE, I think has been um, one that I'm pretty excited about and see where where that one goes. Um, I think that the, there definitely has to, we're, we're definitely trying to be um, very careful about rolling it out, making sure that we are moved by the biblical views and not just quickly wanting to get this to happen. Um, but that's something I'm really excited about because I think we have a lot of great women teachers in our church and, um, yeah, especially in the context of teaching other women, it's, it'd be a great ministry to other women in the church as they teach CE. For me as a pastor, what I really love about talking about the women's ministry is ministry that is effective, that's dynamic, bubbles up from the grassroots. It's not taught down, this is what we need to do. Um, so we have Anna, wonderful experience, wonderful background in studying Hebrew, godly woman, and, and her being able to lead a class for women in CE this summer. But, it, you know, she had that upon her heart, and she's approached the, the PCT, the pastors and elders, and we considered it and have helped provide her that opportunity so that it can be encouragement in the same way. Um, we have Sophie, who has felt the desire to have these ladies groups come together. So this is, for me, the excitement. It's it's not always the end desire of the ministry. It's to mm -hmm. see the people of God on fire for something. And it coming together from different points of view, different backgrounds or, or different perspectives, and seeing it congeal. And that's the wonderful part. Yeah, especially that this is not just the the two people you just mentioned, like not just their desire, but it's like there's a collective grassroots desire of many other women that we haven't mentioned here uh, oh, that yes. have come together on this topic for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know that there's several who have been faithful for years previous to this in, in these areas for whatever reason, and God bless them in that time, but there is a confluence of several things coming together that brings us to a new, new stage in that, and that's exciting. Yeah, so all in all, I just wanted to say for those women out there, we definitely appreciate all that you guys do. Yeah. So I wanted to move into the section about kind of the people in our church, both about the opening and kind of connection aspect of our church update. So I'm sure there's lots of people who are part of the church and maybe kind of loosely still associated with the church, but they still want to stay connected with things that are happening. So outside of preaching uh, or listening on a Sunday morning, what other programs do we have that uh, help to connect different people in our church today? Well, obviously, I think the, the biggest one is the small group format, and we want to see that expanded. It uh, grew out of life, but it has a life greater than life. Yeah. And so we want to see greater intermixing of ages and experiences in this really, because in many ways, we are a regional church. We draw on people that, you know, up to Markham and to the east and to the west. 
it will be a process in the future by which it helps bring these groups and families who are connected together to the church, but provides that connection throughout the week in terms of evangelism and spiritual growth. So that is the key one. And I want to uh, encourage people that we're moving ahead in that. We have some wonderful uh, discussions with the leadership just last week in the Mm -hmm. small groups, and we want to adapt it to be able to be more effective and more useful. Obviously, we have the podcasts and uh, we have our other uh, means digitally online that that, uh, we want to continue expanding to. And and just there, thank you so much, Pastor Allen, for taking the bull by the horns and being able to get this thing done. Yeah, I think that uh, we have actually a lot of programs that are happening. Um, So there's still like uh, the Friday Night Fellowships are still available to connect. Uh, CGC Connect, we're probably looking at once a month now. I'm just getting together and chatting. And uh, the podcast, uh, the preaching in the morning, uh, CE in the morning, uh, there are lots of different ways. But I think the one thing that I don't ever want us to forget about is just like as Pastor Kevin talked about, these grassroots things that keep us connected. So, again, if you have in your heart that you want to connect with people in the church, like create a group or just start talking to people. Observe the correct protocol for COVID. But there are lots of ways that we can connect with one another. And I find these grassroots ones really keep us the most connected because we get to you know build groups that are uh, maybe less structured and allow us to ask questions that we may be afraid to ask in other contexts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's lots of different ways in which uh, we are uh, connected and you can be connected and should be connected. Uh, please do not not be connected. Be connected to the church oh, and uh, reach out to your leaders about how you can be connected in these different ways. It's going to be a bit sad as we come out of this and, and find that there probably are going to be one or two people that have dropped their connectedness and it's going to be very difficult to reconnect. And we need to pray for them spiritually, that they continue to grow, um, that we desire that they would grow with us. But the reality is, is this kind of thing has a way of wreaking havoc on our spiritual lives and people falling away for a couple of years. I yeah. think we've got a wonderful group of leaders in all of these ministries who have outdone themselves in trying to reach out. But I do know one or two people who just don't seem to be that easily caught in the, in the net of, of reaching out. And my heart thinks of them a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's hard to catch everybody with a wide net. Um, and I think that there have been some attempts that we've made to reach out individually to people who we might think might fall out of that. And so, again, if you notice somebody in your own sphere that might be falling out of that net, take it upon yourself to reach out to that person because sometimes... It all it takes is just one person reaching out for them to not even just be connected to the church, but just being connected to the Christian family and Christian community. So again, take that upon yourself if you can to do that and reach out to other people. Uh, Maybe one other thing I would add is just to thank your leaders. Like I think that uh, being a leader oftentimes seems like a very thankless job for many lay leaders. Um, And so if you get a chance to this summer, uh, just reach out with a thank you email, tell them how much you appreciate them. Yeah, I think that I would love for us to just do that more. Not that we're not appreciative, but uh, to be extra appreciative or to be more outward with our appreciation for people. Um, because I think that they do a lot of work that is often unseen and they often need more encouragement. It, it is an emotional burden uh, mm-hmm. when you're going through the pandemic and you're dealing with all the same issues that everyone else to go above and beyond the, the normal call of ministry and, you know, desire to pastor and to shepherd their heart to make yeah. sure they're connected. So, yes, please uh, encourage them. Mm-hmm. 
Now, moving on to the reopening question, um, I think that there have been lots of talk about what this reopening looks like. Uh, maybe if you can explain to our audience what our process has been in considering reopening and do you have a sense or do we have a sense of when that reopening might happen? Well, we have a medical team aboard that uh, deals with health issues, and they're the ones who have been leading the way on this issue for all of our congregations, giving us their recommendations as to uh, how to deal with the restrictions um, and everything else. So they met just a week and a half ago, I guess, but um, they meet regularly and uh, let us know what we're able to do. So with the restrictions being eased, as you know, churches this past week have been allowed to open up, and it's about 15%, I believe, of the number of seating in the main sanctuary. Now, we have a couple challenges downtown in that we our sanctuary is very cramped, and so that means that while we can have 220 in there, no problem, 15% and then try to spread things out with COVID restrictions, it really makes it very difficult to do. So we're taking the next two weeks beyond what the government has said to make sure that we have all of the planning and health issues in place so that we can provide the utmost security and comfort to people as they come to the congregation and, and to worship. So we're going to start in-person worship services again on July 4th. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, we're still going to be in stage one, which will be 15% or about uh, about 25 people, not including the uh, the staff who have to man the AV in that. Mm -hmm. So they will be coming out this whole process again of emails and, and registering and going through the questionnaires to make sure that uh, no one uh, is uh, symptomatic. But as we look at stage two, hopefully in the next month, that will mean that we can open up a greater restriction again. What that exact number will be, we'll see as it comes down. I, I think that uh, it will be up to around 25 to 30 percent, but the government mm -hmm. may change that as it comes. So, But just be encouraged that we're taking an extra week or so to make sure that we have everything in line to make sure that we are COVID-free and provide a full worship experience for those who come in safety. Yeah, um, I'm super excited for our reopening. Like, I think that, um, I think me and Hannah have just had a lot of excitement, not just to have other people see us, but um, I think we're elated to see how our how Constance is going to relate to other people. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we're really excited about reopening, just hearing the word preached live again, um, having the event of worship, and at some point being able to shake people's hands, and at some point being able to, you know, really get to talk to people in person in a much more deep manner. Um, and then, so I hope that everybody listening is as excited as we are about this reopening process. And lunches together. Yeah, the lunches together. <laughs> yeah, when restaurants reopen again, that's going to be yeah. great. Yeah. So I think just moving into our last section, I wanted to talk a little bit about our preaching that we've done over the last, I guess, last month or so, or probably a little bit over the month again. And I think we've preached over two things, so maybe we'll talk about both of them. We've talked about Ecclesiastes, and we've also talked about the book of Ephesians. Have, have you have any things you'd like to say about the preaching that we've done through those books, about just things that you've learned, and maybe things I could share, things that I've learned through the preaching of those books that you'd like to pass along to our listeners? I think part of it is just recognizing God's timing in bringing these to us, in the lessons that... Uh, He's helped us to the spiritual lessons that are in the text. They are timely 
in that we may read the text or go through the sermons uh, at a different time and, and not have the same impact. Mm-hmm. So I think Ecclesiastes was very good in helping us to recognize the the vanity of life, which has been compounded by the reality of COVID and our lack of fellowship uh, together physically and things like that. So that, that's been a wonderful thing. The same with Ephesians in that it helps us to build an expectation of who we are as the people of God and coming back together. It, it talks about salvation and who we are in Christ. And I think especially the armor of God over the last two months. I don't know if you remember, we talked about this last year when we were actually doing Ephesians. Do we start the armor of God now? And, and I'm I'm kind of made a decision that, no, we're going to wait you know, for a while and do it. And I think it's worked out perfectly in the sense that God in his timing just kind of nudged us and said, you know, wait a little bit so that we can come back to this. And it's a bit of a recap on Ephesians, but we can focus on this in a concerted way. And I I think it's been very encouraging for for all of us. For me, the book of Ecclesiastes really reminded me of the second half, this idea that that the end of matter is all heard, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. I thought it was such an important reminder as we live in this quarantine that our current circumstances— even the suffering that we go through is not the the end means or the end thing that we should be focused on. Mm-hmm. But that there is actually this, this calling, this actually great calling being Christian to, to live in a faithful manner, even though, number one, is we're probably going to be unseen most of the time, so no one's going to see our things that we'll do. But also that there is a, a growing that we can do now that is unlike maybe any other time that we'll experience in our life again. We're at home mm-hmm. so much that we can really, really make this something in our life that we were not able to before. Um, so I think that as I was preaching through Ecclesiastes, to me, that was my main reminder that, yeah, like the things around us are vanity. What's happening right now is vanity, but there's this great calling that we still have. And I want to, we need to focus in on that calling, even yeah. during, in the midst of this pandemic, I thought was very helpful. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of pessimistic on this armor of God being preached because I thought like, because I had gone through it again with other people and I was like, you know, how much can you really say? Can you really make, you know, a month and a half of sermons on the armor of God? And number one, well, you know, if you try hard enough, anything really is possible. But number two is that just what came out of the preaching and the thinking about what exactly these things mean, uh, for me at least, had a deep impact on how I view these different things about Um, what we need to do during this time as we stand against the world, and specifically Mm -hmm. in my own life as a Christian and the things that continually I'm inundated with, um, both as a pastor, as a a husband, as just a a brother or sister in Christ. This has just been a great reminder to continually remind us to stand firm because we live in a fallen world. Well, that's the wonderful thing about the Word of God is the truth is eternal. It's there. And we can approach it at different seasons of our personal life, our family life, and the life of the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on who's teaching and preaching it at that point, it's the work of the Holy Spirit that really applies those truths in deeper, more meaningful ways than we comprehended before. So mm-hmm. it is eternal living water for us. And this has been a good example where the Spirit of God, I think, is just guided our overall series and especially even now in this one in the armor of god how many of us have not looked at the armor of god especially in bible studies but coming at it from a different perspective in this season i think god has just been working out some wonderful blessings 
And I, and I felt like the two ended up, and, and I, I don't think there was a, this was planned out, but the two books, the end of Ecclesiastes and the book of Ecclesiastes really worked really well in my mind, at least in my mind, with this discussion of the armor of God. Number one, recognizing the vanity of the world, the calling of our, what we're calling is. And then the second reminder as we moved into the armor of God, standing firm against this world and how we should, what that should look like. I thought that the two really mixed well together. So I don't know if this was part of the the genius scheme that you had in the beginning when you put these <laughs> books together, uh, but I thought that they actually were complementary in terms of what they achieved. Well, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Genius uh, thought of mine. I don't have genius <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> I, I do think ahead and, and have a few ideas, but I also have relied heavily on the PCT, especially in my early years of serving the church here. I, I don't necessarily pretend to understand where you've come from that uh, I can, you know, give special spiritual insight um, and so the, I've given some ideas to the PCT several times, and I said, here's what I'm thinking. And uh, at both of those, they said, well, here is what we think might be good. And then I prayed about it, and, and we've gone ahead. So uh, it, it's been input by the elders as a whole. But I think, again, it's the Holy Spirit who is working amongst us, and we need, just need to be thankful for that, that mm-hmm. uh, what a wonderful God we have, that he is active and bringing spiritual life to our church, even in the selection of what we're going to study next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so maybe just a final thought here about maybe any last pieces of advice about wearing the armor of God during the quarantine. And then maybe you can recommend a resource for further study on the armor of God as well. Well, yeah, this week's sermon on prayer, I think, will really cap off everything else. I, I've been excited in engaging, but this week on prayer, my brain is just working a mile a minute about what I want to say, how I want to say it, how it engages this whole aspect of spiritual warfare. So I think um, we really uh, should come expecting to hear the Word of God this coming mm-hmm. week. But I think as a whole, just a recommendation, William Gurnall's book, The the Christian in Complete Armor, it's about 1,800 pages, but and it can be a little challenging to read, because it's in older English, but uh, the reality is, is I go back to it every week and try to capture an essence of some of his understandings of things. This is still, after 400 years, the most definitive work on this, and it really goes to the heart of how do we understand the working of this. And I think the challenge for us during the, the pandemic is we're, we're not getting out as much as we would normally, so we might want to say, well, I don't really need to put on the armor of God. I'm, yeah. I'm doing work from home. I don't need the armor of God. But the reality is, is the work, uh, the world comes into our home. We bring it into our home through so many things. And yeah. Satan, even during these times, will use those things to keep that spiritual warfare on. There is never a lull or a down point in this. We need to recognize that even now, um, we need to continually put this on. Otherwise, we become complacent and we don't think we need that armor. We'll put it on haphazardly when when we think the time has come and we'll find ourselves really unprepared when tempted and uh, we will find it not serving us the way it should. So I, I think one of the things I just want to make clear is that this spiritual armor, it guards and protects our soul. 
But that doesn't mean that we can't experience real physical, mental torment here and now for not knowing how to use it properly. Amen. And, and that's a danger during COVID, thinking mm-hmm. that we don't need it. Yeah. Uh, just a couple things that I might add on is that, uh, you know, when we're talking about reading the Puritans, I always think back of John Owen. I don't, if, I don't know if you know this, but there's like a there's like an intro statement in one of his books that basically tells you if you're one of those people who's looking to read a book and be entertained, then look no further because you're not going to be entertained <laughs> by reading this book. And but you will like he's not talking about growing. He's talking about like just reading it for like entertainment. You're not yeah. going to find it in reading one of his books. And that's kind of how I feel about reading many of the Puritans. Like I feel like it's like you're not going to be entertained, but your soul is going to be fed. Like that's there's a there's a clear difference there. Yeah. Regards to the second point is that I think that there's this false feeling that when we're in our house, we're completely safe from anything of the world. And that's just simply not true. Like Satan yeah. can be there. He can still tempt you. He can still lie to you. And the only real safety, the real, real only safe haven or safe harbor that we have is wearing the gar- armor of God. Right. More mm-hmm. so than even our own home. And um, yeah, like that's the one thing I definitely took away from. Um, are preaching this uh, this last month and a half on this topic. Well, having you having said that, I was reminded of just watching a Digging for Britain show um, <laughs> that was on recently. It's an archaeological show where they show the best digs of all across Britain. And one of them is they came across a, a Viking home mm. where the shield, uh, sorry, a, a sword was still in its scabbard in the living room. Mm. And it everything else in the village made it demonstratively clear that something catastrophic had just happened. Yet mm-hmm. that person ran out of the house without their sword. Right. And, right. and so easily is us when, you know, we're, we feel complacent and safe. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. Well, Pastor Kevin, thank you so much for joining us for this update on the church today. And um, yeah, like it's been a very good update. I think it's been very helpful. Any final words you want to leave for everyone or any, any final um, goodbyes you'd like to say for today? Uh, well, I would like to uh, just make a plea that as we come to uh, in-person services, whether they're smaller or as they get bigger, I want to uh, encourage people to partake or participate in the worship times. I would love to be able to have uh uh, scripture readers and things like that, and we're providing a way that that can happen and still maintain the uh, the distance restrictions and that. So if you would love to be able to partake or share in some process, in some means, during the worship time, um, please drop me a line. I'd love to be able to hear from you. Other than that, just stay strong, put on the armor of God, and anytime you want me to come and visit, I would love to do a porch visit. I'm trying to get around to homes again, and uh, just let me know so that when you're free, and I'll, I'll make that a priority. Well, thank you very much, Pastor Kevin, and I hope you have a great week, and I hope for all listeners here, they also have great weeks as well. God bless. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. 